Blog Talk Radio. This is Terry Garber, and you are buzzing with Brandon. Hey, everybody. This is Beth Maitland. You probably know me best from my role as Tracy Abbott on The Young and the Restless, and I'm talking to you about Brandon's buzz. Come on. You've got to find him. This is Taylor Dane, and you are listening to the one and only Brandon Buzz. Hi. This is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show. This is Terry Garber, and you are buzzing with Brandon. Hey, everybody. This is Beth Maitland. You probably know me best from my role as Tracy Abbott on The Young and the Restless, and I'm talking to you about Brandon's buzz. Come on. You've got to find him. This is Taylor Dane, and you are listening to the one and only Brandon Buzz. Hi. This is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. So if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it, baby, when you live on a street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon's Buzz, the place to be. This is Pamela K. Long, and I am buzzing with Brandon, and I can tell you that it's some of the most fun that you'll have. So you need to tune this in. This is Linda Daniel. I'm on Brandon's Buzz. And I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah, this is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hey, this is Nicholas Rodriguez. You are listening to Brandon's Buzz. Be prepared to laugh. You're going to have a good time. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon. It's Tuesday, October 6th, 2009. It's 9 p.m. here in Texas, 7 p.m. out west, 10 p.m. back in the east, and uh, it's a great show on Brandon's Buzz, and I am so thrilled to have you back. Quickly, I want to tell you what's coming up on the show. I've got a great guest coming up, the actress Jessica Tuck. Uh, she was on One Life to Live back in the 90s. She has gone on to a great career in primetime television and in film. That's coming up later this month. I've got a great singer by the name of Susie Boggess coming up later this month. Stay tuned to the show because there's great stuff coming up, and there's great stuff tonight. You know, what a fascinating hell of a difference a few months makes. The last time my guest today was here, his character on ABC's classic soap One Life to Live, shady lab tech Kyle Lewis, was knee-deep in the middle of a terribly complicated blackmail scheme and a serial killer nightmare. Flash forward four months, and he's struggling to pull his life together, and he suddenly lands his most pursued, most wanted bachelor. And he and his two gentlemen callers, sweet but confused nerdy cop Oliver and confident, slightly cocky high school teacher Nick, make up one of the most compelling, most fascinating, most revolutionary love triangles to ever hit American daytime television. The transition and the transformation have been startling, to be sure, but I'm telling you right now, they have resulted in some damn fine acting. And if you're not watching One Life of this fall, you're missing what may well be the sole performance of the year. It's being given by my guest today, a man whom I am utterly thrilled so welcome back to Brandon's Buzz for another chat. He is brave, he is bold, and he's not so bad to look at either. He is Brett Claywell. Hi, thank you for having me. I need to have you, like, I need to record that and just listen to that every morning. That's like, you just gave me a great, like, little motivation there. I appreciate that. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll send you the MP3 clip, and you can you can put it on your iPod. and you can It's going to be my alarm clock. That's going to be what I wake up to. I'm going to just program that into my alarm clock, and I'll be ready to go every day. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tell you what, when you were on the show in June, 
I had been told from a couple of my sources that you were leaving the show, and so I was asking, asking you questions like, you know, did you enjoy this experience, and would you do another soap? And I'm sure you thought I was the biggest dumbass on two legs. Oh, no, I think I'm the biggest dumbass on two legs. You can be second. (laughs) I think it was June 2nd or 3rd, and the news came out that they were doing the storyline on June 6th or 7th, and my heart just sank. I was like, you can't be serious. You caught me in the midst of a a crazy few weeks. (laughs) And I also remember I was out in uh, L.A. and my phone, and at first we lost signal, and then my phone died, and I was just like, oh, well. (laughs) I never even got to say goodbye. I felt like I know. I know. (laughs) I I I I feel like I had flashbacks to when I woke up and somebody wasn't in bed anymore. I was like, wait. (laughs) Didn't even get to say goodbye. Yeah, we'll make up for it this time. So here's a direct quote from you from exactly four months ago. You'll probably have a phone call in a few months because it's going to get much more interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm predicting the future now. It's amazing. How was this storyline, this this idea, originally presented to you? Was it just that that the sparks between you and Scott were too strong to ignore, or was this the plan all along? You know, you never know if what you are told is actually, you know, you you never know how things actually develop. Um, But uh, it it seems like this just kind of, it wasn't really like them noticing any any sparks so much as that maybe they believed in, in what we could do. And, and, I, and I think it's also that it's, it's something that it's something that's needed. It's something that definitely had, I mean, obviously with the response we've gotten, there absolutely was, was an audience for it, and there absolutely was intrigue and interest. And uh, I think we, we finally eventually kind of were presented with it because Scott and I, the writing was slowly becoming suggestive. Uh-huh. And at first we were told that our characters had a, uh, that, that Kyle and Oliver knew each other in college and they were in the same fraternity and they have a history, but we don't know what. And I think eventually, uh, Scott and I just kind of were like, okay, well, like, what's going on? Like, we, we kept seeing the dialogue and, and we, and we asked them and we, and, uh, Frank took us up to his office and said, hey, we're, uh, where, uh, the storyline is going in the direction that Oliver and Kyle had a, uh, his, had a relationship, um, in the past and that they, they dated while they were in college. And uh, Scott had to go back to work, and I had like a, another week off. So it was just a it was a strong direction to choose to go in as an actor, um, and and I believe it it requires a lot of uh, you have to be very serious about it, um, and it, it requires a lot of uh, introspection. And and I believe that the role called for the best performance I could give. It's not something I I took lightly, and I feel like it's important to a a, a large fan base and to, to a lot of people in this country. Um, and I, I felt like I, I owed it to them to, to give, to do my best work. So what went through your mind when you were first told about this? I mean, did you ever have a moment of, you know, whoa, this is not what I signed on for? Well, absolutely. Uh, I mean, not, not, not for any specific reason. It's just, I, I got thrown a lot of curveballs since I've moved to New York. My experience on one life to live has it's been, been one profile after another for you. You you originally <laughs> were hired for a different role entirely. Then yes. that got taken away from you, and you got this, and then you kind of threw out the for a few months, and they they found you this to do, and all of a sudden you're the hottest thing going. It's, 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 People just it's it's hard to it would it would be hard for me to explain my career to anyone I'd ever meet. <laughs> I mean, just from like One Tree Hill to you know being discovered or or getting cast in the pilot in North Carolina in Wilmington and being on the show for three years and 
and, you know, being in almost every episode or close to every episode for about three years, you know, at least 60, 75%, and still, you know, being not a main character. And then, you know, moving to L.A. and the film career and then this, I mean, I'm, I had just walked off the set of Dollhouse. I get the call that I need to test. I'm in New York the next day. I test uh, the next day after that. The next day after that, I have the job, and, and less than two weeks later, I live in New York. I mean, and then and then I lose the role, for, or not lose the role, but then we decide to go a different direction with the role, yeah. so then I go back to L.A. for three weeks, and then I go back, and then after New Year's, I go back to New York to start playing Kyle, and then two months later, Kyle's gay, so it's been a... <laughs> My whole, my, my, like there should be a new soap opera on television called Brett Claymore's Life. <laughs> it could be like Ryan's Hope, but it could be Brett's lack of hope. <laughs> it's been an adventure to say the least, Brandon. I just look at it like I really respect the work that has been done before me. Um, I believe, and I chose it from the moment I saw it. I was, no matter what everybody was saying about Benjamin Button and things like that, I called Milk as the, the Oscar winner so early because it was such a brilliant performance. Um, I've, I've, um, I'm such a respect, I, I respect acting and the craft of, 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 uh, of an actor so much. And the performances I've seen laid before me over the past few years, um, inspired me that, that this was the right choice and that when you get, you know, so, so rarely as an actor, we get to, we get to portray roles or, or play roles or perform in a way that's socially relevant. And, and I believe that there's something about that for my, I mean, uh, there's, there's another side of me that is very conscious of what's going on in the world. Um, and, and not so much the media, but just my perception of what's going on in the world and the injustices and, and things like that, and I just believe that this was my, this was a way that I was put here to, to spread my voice to the world, you know, you know, support what I truly support. So I, I felt like that that weighed heavily on my decision and and how how seriously I took this. Having to go home to North Carolina and tell your friends and family about this new character and about you know, uh, uh, playing a gay man on television, did that give you any kind of sense of? Of, of what it's like for gay men to come out in real life. I mean, did that did that give you a little bit of empathy for for what happens every day in this country? Yeah, I'm, and I'm and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna take it. Uh, you know, I, I'm in no way gonna trivialize the experiences that a, that a real gay man has, and in in his uh, you know in his coming to terms and, and comfortability with you know the process he's going through with his you know at, at every level of it. They mean to compare them, um, but I, I know that I went through experiences in deciding to accept the role and to, and to play the role and commit to the role that I'm still say I could still say I'm going through, and and even with things now I've done on screen that I never imagined, you know, as as a straight man, I never imagined that I would do, but at the truth of it, you know, in the way I think my parents uh, see it, and my friends and family and people that have known me is that one, I'm playing a role and two, my job, my, my, my job I've chosen as my profession is that is to do everything as honestly and believable and truthfully as possible. And my truth is that Kyle, you know, Kyle loves Oliver. Kyle is a, is a man searching for love and it, it happens to be from another man. And, and that's a, that's 
love in any form is beautiful. So, and and I think that's what I'm happy a lot of the people around me see as 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 truly as I do, and I appreciate that support. Absolutely, and you know, the thing about this is that you're all playing this storyline out with such. I don't know, such gut-wrenching authenticity, you know? I mean, you're playing out all the beats. You're not just sweeping it under the rug, and, you know, you're not playing coping characters. You're playing real human people. I mean, I definitely believe that strong choices have been made by Scott and I, and we, we've discussed it many times and throughout the whole process, um, throughout the whole journey. And then as Nick has come on, Nick has been a great addition, and Nick has, you know, Nick has really seen what we're doing with it, and he was really attentive, and he's you know, there's so many different ways you can play things, and he just kind of fell into what we were doing. And, and you know, I, I, I appreciate all the work that's being done around me, and I know every time I come to set, Scott's going to be prepared, and he's going to be ready, and he's going to care about the work. And I, I, I know that there are actors in the world that, that do different work depending on what media they're working on, and, you know, there is such a thing as phoning it in, and Absolutely. actors do this all over. and with the with how hard I've had to work for my career and how much work I've put into it, I mean, the two years I didn't work, I was in acting class every single week, you know, twice a week, as much as I could. I'm, I, I care. I, I watch films. I study. I, I'm just very intellectual about it. I try to be at least, even though I'm in my personality, nobody would actually think that. Trust me, nobody knows me. With they, they think I'm lying right now. <laughs> but I, I, I probably watch three or four films a week. Um, um, I, I study as much as I can, and and I care about what I do, and I care that if I'm going to spend this much time with something, I'm going to try to be the best I can at it. And I think this is the greatest opportunity I've had in my career to show that, and it's really, really nice to see it received as well as it is because it makes it feel like my these this last eight years of my life have been worthwhile. I'm just drawn to good storytelling. I believe that's what you know. That's what art is. That's what um, any form of art. From I mean, New York. You gotta love New York. I went to a free opera in the park. Just walking through, riding my bike. There's an opera, full of costumes. I mean, I got to see my first opera in New York City, and it's it's amazing. I don't know what they're saying. I have no idea. <laughs> But but you're like, ooh, he does not like that guy. <laughs> you get it, and it's and it's storytelling on every level. You see a painting, you know. That's why the Mona Lisa is so famous because she's not cute. She's not cute by any stretch of the imagination. I'd rather see a painting of Heidi Klum probably, but for some reason, I I see I know what she's doing. You know, I got you can read her mind through a painting. So that's. You know, that's uh, I, I, I'm I'm drawn to anything that tells a good story. I can't wait to see where the wild things are. I've been looking for. I've been I've shown a hundred people that trailer before it even came out on the TV. I'm so. Uh, how do you turn How do you turn a movie um, or how do you turn a book into a film and the book only has twelve sentences? The book really literally only has twelve sentences. I'm uh, Spike Jones is amazing. So. I long story short, I'm just rambling, but uh, or short story fun. long, I guess we should say <laughs> short story long. Um, I like any, I like anything that I mean, I I will see the worst movie and probably find something good in it because I like the the dialogue that was written, or maybe the actor gives a good performance, or maybe one of the supporting actors does, or maybe the 
the lighting's greater or the, maybe they shot it on 35 millimeter. I'm just a student and I try to study and find something positive in everything because there's something to learn there. As an actor who craves good, strong material to play, are you thrilled at how this story and this, this plot and this kind of situation affords you a much more interesting, much more fleshed out character and backstory to act out? Yes, I, I do. Um, I do, and, and there's some, you know, there's some things that are hard too about, you know, being on a on a soap opera. There's there's so many characters, I, and and this is hit with such, I mean, I it, I, I guess with so much attention instantly. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like there's sometimes that I'm really happy that we're fleshing out some things, and there's sometimes where I feel like we press fast forward a little bit. Um, it's it's the genre that I'm getting used to the 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 daytime genre. Um, I'm really uh, I'm really I don't know. It's it's I I don't know how to answer that really. It's it's kind of uh there's kind of there's kind of two sides to it. I mean some days I'm really excited because some days we come in and there's some great scenes coming up. I mean things that are things that are coming in the future. There's some really I think we've, we we have some really poignant moments to, to homosexuals, heterosexuals, men, women. I mean, I, I believe there's a lot of truth in what we're doing right now. And so that I really am happy about. I just feel like sometimes we, you know, because we are still a supporting um, kind of arc storyline on the show. You know, we're, we're still young. We're still young characters. We, we still are building a little bit of a, a fan base and, and uh, I just I just feel like sometimes you just wish that there was a little more we could dive into some of this. Yeah. And at the same time, you understand what the nature of it is, and, and we just have to go with it. You know, I've never been ha- happier as an actor than I am now between action and cut. You know, it's I'm I'm just having I'm just really having a blast, challenging myself every every breath. Does that does that surprise you that you could that you could sit there and say that? No, because I'm not. I'm not what I look like on the outside, you know. I'm not I'm not easily categorized into like I I actually I I love challenges. I love to do something that either somebody else thought I couldn't do, or I thought I couldn't do. And you know, that's every actor that becomes successful succeeded at that because every actor had somebody saying that no, there's no way you're going to make it. You know, you know how many people are trying to do that. Uh-huh. Um, and then you know, there's there's actors that that would have a lot of trouble doing what what we're doing on screen, and, and not just in my shoes, in Scott's shoes also. You know, there's a lot of actors that don't want the world to know their personal life, and he's not only letting his personal life out there, he's he's defending his personal life. You know, and and he's showing he, he's just he's a spokesman for his, you know, for 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 his sexual preference and I, and I really applaud him for that and being that brave. But, you know, I don't think it's just me that's, that's, uh, making, you know, making strides and doing something wonderful. I, I, I feel like I'm involved with two other guys who are doing that also. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to make a difference in the world and I'm really glad that I've been given this opportunity so, so early in my career. Each time you get a script, Tell me what goes through your mind as you set about constructing your performance. I mean, you know, the fact that you will probably only get one take with each script that you get, does that teach you to trust your gut instinct? 
that's what Scott and I right now and the, the one take thing we actually have messed up yesterday because we've been joking with ourselves because we just we we kind of have taken a little bit of pride in this and we broke our little streak I think we were like I think we were like 13 or something scenes or little you know segments that we've done in a row like off one take we try to do as because we just we love that we it's something amazing about doing one take and that goes on the air the first time, and there's times, too, where we don't really even, we don't have, we, just the way the schedule works, we didn't get to rehearse, so we come on and we block it, and then we film it. So this is sometimes, like, the first time we're doing with blocking all the way through filming a scene, and it goes on the air. There's some, so it challenges you so much to just be prepared, and it's, and I think now with this storyline, I mean, I'm, I'm very instinctual. I, I wouldn't say that of all the actors on the show that I, am doing the most studying the night before before I work. Um, that's, you know, there's there's so many different ways to prepare yourself for a role. I just, I feel like I, I know Kyle now. You know, I, I know Kyle, I know, you know, and, and, I, and I'm always prepared. I'm looking, you know, I'm preparing the night before. And if there's moments that I have questions at, I'll kind of run through it and, and I'll kind of try, you, you now that we know so much history of these characters and we've been able to create so much of our own in our minds, um, I feel like it's uh, I can actually go back and play through through memories that are Kyle's memories. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like I have memories in my head that are Kyle's memories, but I can picture these moments and how they sounded and words I've said before, and and you just start to you just start to understand how each thing that you hear from another character how that would make you feel. And and all you're doing as an actor is you're empathizing with another character. It's just a fictional character that you're playing, but you're empathizing. You're feeling every emotion they feel. And so when I'm on set, it, it I feel like I've gotten to a place in my in my acting, and I'm always trying to get better and better every day. But I feel like I'm in a place where I genuinely I just feel everything Kyle would feel. And so some of these performances, like Scott's had a had some great performances lately that I haven't aired. I feel like I've done some work that I'm really proud of, and it's in these moments where you film it in one take, and and you you have one time to say it. And there was a time that we filmed something that we even just kind of we kind of rearranged some things as we were preparing for it. So it was kind of like the first time even the director had heard it, and you're tearing up and you're you're just emo you're so emotional and and full of this energy and then you're moving on the next take and you, you hope it was good and you felt it. And then when it airs and you see it, you're so proud because you're like, a, I got, you know, you get one shot sometimes. And, and uh, it's like, it, Scott and I really, really take pride in the fact that we really are and respect each other enough that we try to be at the top of our game the first take every time. And, and it gives us, it's almost surprised because you hear the other actor, what they're saying, you're, you're hearing it for the first time, just like the real person would. You know what fascinates me about about you, and and in preparation of this, I went back on YouTube yesterday and watched kind of the the uh, the compendiums of your story to hear. You know what what fascinates me about about you and about the storyline is that it's very hard and damn near impossible to catch you acting. It's almost like you completely and you know what you're saying buttresses this. It's almost like you completely immerse yourself in the world of Kyle. You know you you express. You express more gut-wrenching emotion with your eyes than most standard issue soap do with entire reams of, of dialogue and verbiage. And, you know, you, 
it's like you you throw your entire body toward Kyle. It's like you completely submerge yourself in. I I, I appreciate that. I mean, I we're, we're never going to be as good as we want to be ever ever. Um, <laughs> we're just I don't I don't care. I bet you Mark Twain was pissed off about something. <laughs> but but you're you you try your best to be to to kind of develop some ideals and develop some some. Uh, I, I don't know. Some the way you do things, the way you the way you try to be as good as you can. And to me, I, I just believe Brett exists between cut and action, and Kyle exists between action and cut. And that and that you have to be able to turn it on and off, and and be able to relate and be in that moment, and nothing else exists. And do you ever see uh, that Kevin Costner movie for the love of the game? Uh, no. No, you never. There's other scenes where he, when he's pitching, that everything else fades away, and he just kind of only sees the batter and the catcher and just him, and it's like this huge crowd just kind of fades away. Okay, it's not really like that, <laughs> but but you like if you're filming, you just all, you're on a set, and even though there's a hundred people around, you sometimes it just it fades away, and you just each word that the other actor's saying just kind of is coming out slow motion. And you're just you're li- each each moment each moment feels like ten seconds, and I don't know, it just feels that way to me. It just slows down, and it's it, I I really really am engaged. I don't, and I I believe that also has to do with Scott too. Like, you know, they, we just we just connect in in the work. You know, we're on the same page, but it I, I it never feels like acting to me. There was a time, I mean, when I was on One Tree Hill, I was acting my <laughs> my butt off. I was. Definitely acting my butt off because I was still like I don't know what what's a close up. No, I I mean it was my it was my first big thing and it was just kind of thrown onto the big stage and you know I tried to do what I could to give them what they wanted and and I think my since moving to LA and studying I just think my career has changed and I think my performances have changed and I now I now know what it's like for the you know when they say your body's your instrument as an actor i kind of feel like i understand that now like i feel like i can do i can do what i want to do i don't i don't have to try to do anything else it just it feels right how much input do you have into your character or or to the story have you have you spoken with ron uh, or frank about kind of what you'd like to see developed for kyle or have you just kind of completely put your faith in them i don't have as much input as i would like that's i think every actor would say that you know that's we we do our job the writers have their job and and there's lots of reason things are being done but as to the heart of the characters i i trust them you know i i frank is a great producer i mean he he really is he's he's a producer who you know he gets the the show moving the way it's supposed to he's he's firm but likable he cares about the work he you know the the episodes he directs i i just i really feel like um i have somebody i have somebody really guiding me through and and not even i mean most of the times we there's nothing needed but every note he gives is is really needed and necessary he does you know i just believe he does a great job as a producer and he and he makes me feel like i'm cared for like if there's anything i need they they take care of us and uh and i appreciate that fully as just an actor feeling just trying to be comfortable and our lives change so much from one job to one job to one job and you're always in between jobs or it's just so hard to feel some sort of consistency and I, I think he helps provide that. And Ron, the writers just really you know, they've written they've written the heart of the characters really well. And so I for the most part I we just trust them. I mean we just come in and 
believe in the path they're laying for us. If something pops up that you really do have an issue with, do you feel comfortable in going to them and saying, you know, can we talk about this? Absolutely. There's been quite a few times where we've had conversations and and the times that that, that maybe I've had to come to a different understanding, I, I realized that it was there were actually really valid points for these things. So there's never been a time where I, I needed something that I felt strongly about that wasn't that we could change and hasn't been met. You know, they've they've been really I mean, I've been really happy. You know, I had I had your co-star Nicholas on my show a couple weeks ago, and I've reached out to Scott, so stay tuned on that. But in building your characterization for Kyle, ha- have you spoken with them at, at any length about their real-life experiences as out gay men? Not really, because Kyle hasn't had really any questions about being out. Um, he hasn't had he hasn't had to show any of his transition. So I, I looked at it like Kyle is just as comfortable being homosexual as as Brett is being heterosexual. Um, so there wasn't really wasn't really any need for uh, for personal campfire stories um, between us. But <laughs> but I I I think it's interesting Scott's performance that he he's had to go over the last few weeks with his coming out because his mother is so supportive of him and so loving and so wonderful that I think that had to be a, a very interesting mm-hmm. it's been a it's been a very interesting role for Scott to play to be a closeted, you know, gay man because I don't think he ever really was. You know, I, I don't think he ever really had that really strong extended experience. So, you know, that was that was interesting to watch was his performance of that almost as much a stretch as, as mine. Not quite. <laughs> that boy, that boy's a fabulous crier. Yes, he's he's got plenty of tears in those eyes. <laughs> to, to my eye, you've done a brilliant job of building two completely unique grooves and I I don't know chemistries with your two co-stars, Nicholas and Scott. You know, with Scott, you're the confident one, and with Nick, you're a little bit more reserved and even a bit shy. And I'm wondering if that was if that was conveyed to you in a script along the way, or if that was a conscious decision on your part to. To, to put Kyle in, in each of those places? No, it wasn't scripted that way at all. Um, I don't know. Maybe they do suggest things and I just don't see them. But I feel like they give very little guidance in terms of uh, in terms of character uh, points. You know, I just kind of develop it on our own. Like, everything's really the dialogue there. But, you know, I can I can say a sentence a thousand different ways. Sure, so it's, absolutely. it's really on us to, to make these choices. And I just... You know, I can relate to, to experiences in my life and where you you're with somebody and they th- this is this is a this is the trick. Even people I've dated for a long extended amount of time, sometimes you begin a relationship with them and you're just coming out of somebody else, that's something else, you're transitioning. So you're you're still torn in your heart, but you really want to be with this person, but you don't want them to know it. Okay? So try playing torn that you don't really want you 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 want like you still love somebody else you want to be with this person but you don't want them to see it but then the audience has to see it <laughs> okay uh-huh. Uh-huh. so that's that's been the trick so I've been trying my best to 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 show the the turmoil of what's going inside of Kyle even though I can't let Nick see it I need to let the audience see it and I guess that's how it comes out I mean it's definitely there's a there's a shyness there I, I believe it's more like a hesitation more reserved. Maybe some of um, maybe some of Kyle's wonderful kind of charm and and life and energy is kind of subdued a little bit when he's with um, Nick because he's 
he's having to hold back so much, maybe part of that one, the wonderful side of Kyle has to be held back also. I think that's probably what it is. Kyle a little bit intimidated by Nick? Kyle could definitely be intimidated by Nick. I mean, Kyle's the like, hey, I'm, you know, I got no problems with my sexuality, but here comes a guy who doesn't just not have problems with it. He's uh-huh. he got a megaphone <laughs> <laughs> hung around his neck with a lanyard. It's like he has it on him at all. This is Terry Garber, and you are buzzing with Brandon. Hey, everybody. This is Beth Maitland. You probably know me best from my role as Tracy Abbott on The Young and the Restless, and I'm talking to you about Brandon's buzz. Come on. you got to find him. This is Taylor Dane, and you are listening to the one and only Brandon Buzz. Hi. This is Lynn Herring on Brandon's Buzz. It's the great entertainment talk show on now. Brandon, I love you. Thanks for having me. So if you feel that you just can't take it, and your world isn't what it seems, don't forget that life can be what you make it, baby, when you live on the street of dreams. Hey, this is Nia Peoples, and you're with Brandon's Buzz, the place to be. This is Pamela K. Long, and I am buzzing with Brandon, and I can tell you that it's some of the most fun that you'll have. So you need to tune this in. This is Linda Dano. I'm on Brandon's Buzz. And I have to tell you, what a fun hour I just had. Ah, oh, this is a great kid with a wonderful heart and soul. You listen every day. I know I will. Hey, this is Nicholas Rodriguez. You are listening to Brandon's Buzz. Be prepared to laugh. You're going to have a good time. This is Maya Bialik, and you are lucky enough to be listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hey guys, welcome back to Brandon's Buzz. I am Brandon. It's Tuesday, October 6, 2009. It's 9 p.m. here in Texas, 7 p.m. out west, 10 p.m. back in the east, and uh, it's a great show on Brandon's Buzz, and I am so thrilled to have you back. Quickly, I want to tell you what's coming up on the show. I've got a great guest coming up, the actress Jessica Tuck. Uh, she was on One Life to Live back in the 90s. She has gone on to a great career in primetime television and in film. That's coming up later this month. I've got a great singer by the name of Susie Boggess coming up later this month. Stay tuned to the show because there's great stuff coming up, and there's great stuff tonight. You know, what a fascinating hell of a difference a few months makes. The last time my guest today was here, his character on ABC's classic soap One Life to Live, shady lab tech Kyle Lewis, was knee-deep in the middle of a terribly complicated blackmail scheme and a serial killer nightmare. Flash forward four months, 
and he's struggling to pull his life together, and he suddenly lands his most pursued, most wanted bachelor. And he and his two gentlemen callers, sweet but confused nerdy cop Oliver and confident, slightly cocky high school teacher Nick, make up one of the most compelling, most fascinating, most revolutionary love triangles to ever hit American daytime television. The transition and the transformation have been startling, to be sure, but I'm telling you right now, they have resulted in some damn fine acting. And if you're not watching One Life this fall, you're missing what may well be the soap performance of the year. It's being given by my guest today, a man whom I am utterly thrilled to welcome back to Brandon's Buzz for another chat. He is brave, he is bold, and he's not so bad to look at either. He is Brett Claywell. All right, thank you for having me. I, mean, I need to have you, like, I need to record that and just listen to that every morning. That's like... You just gave me a great, like, little motivation there. I appreciate that. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll send you the MP3 clip, and you can you can put it on your iPod. and you It's going to be my alarm clock. That's going to be what I wake up to. I'm going to just program that into my alarm clock, and I'll be ready to go every day. <laughs> so i tell you what. When you were on the show in June, I had been told from a couple of my sources that you were leaving the show, and so I was asking, asking you questions like, you know, did you enjoy this experience, and would you do another soap? And I'm sure you thought I was the biggest dumbass on two legs. Oh, no, I think I'm the biggest dumbass on two legs. You can be second. <laughs> it was, I think it was June 2nd or 3rd, and the news came out that they were doing the storyline on June 6th or 7th, and my heart just sank. I was like, you can't be serious. You caught me in the midst of a, of a, of a crazy few weeks. <laughs> and I also remember I was out in uh, L.A. and my phone, and at first we lost signal, and then my phone died, and I was just like, oh, well. <laughs> I never even got to say goodbye. I felt like I know, the, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I had flashbacks to when I woke up and somebody wasn't in bed anymore. I was like, wait. <laughs> Didn't well, even we'll get to say goodbye. Again. Yeah, we'll make up for it this time. So here's a direct quote from you from exactly four months ago. You'll probably have a phone call in a few months because it's going to get much more interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm predicting the future now. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> How was this storyline, this, this idea, originally presented to you? Was it just that, that the sparks between you and Scott were too strong to ignore, or was this the plan all along? You know, you never know if what you are told is actually, the, you know, you, you never know how things actually develop. Um but uh, it, it seems like this just kind of – it wasn't really like them noticing any any sparks so much as that maybe they believed in, in what we could do. And, and, I, and I think it's also that it's, it's something that – it's something that's needed. It's something that definitely had – I mean, obviously with the response we've gotten, there absolutely was, was an audience for it, and there absolutely was intrigue and interest. And uh, I think we, we finally eventually kind of were presented with it because Scott and I, the writing was slowly becoming suggestive. Uh-huh. And at first we were told that our characters had a, uh, that, that Kyle and Oliver knew each other in college and they were in the same fraternity and they have a history, but we don't know what. And I think eventually uh, Scott and I just kind of were like, okay, well, like, what's going on? Like, we, we kept seeing the dialogue and, and we and we asked him and, we, and uh, Frank took us up to his office and said, hey, we're uh, – where uh, the storyline is going in the direction that Oliver and Kyle had a uh, his, had a relationship um, in the past and that they, they dated while they were in college. And uh, Scott had to go back to work, and I had, like, a, another week off. So it was just a, it was a strong direction to choose to go in as an actor. Um, and, and I believe it, it, it requires a lot of uh, – you have to be very serious about it. Um, and it, it requires a lot of uh, introspection and, and 
I believe that the role called for the best performance I could give. It's not something I, I took lightly, and I feel like it's important to a, a, a large fan base and to, to a lot of people in this country. Um, and I, I felt like I, I owed it to them to, to, give, to do my best work. So what went through your mind when you were first told about this? I mean, did you ever have a moment of, you know, whoa, this is not what I signed on for? Well, absolutely. Uh, I mean, not 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 for any specific reason. It's just I, I got thrown a lot of curveballs since I've moved to New York. My experience on One Life to Live has been, been one curveball after another for you. You you originally <laughs> were hired for a different role entirely. Then yes. that got taken away from you, and you got this, and then you kind of around camp for a few months, and they they found you this to do, and all of a sudden you're the hottest thing going. It's, it's people just it's it's hard to. It would it would be hard for me to explain my career to anyone I'd ever meet. <laughs> I mean, just from like One Tree Hill to you know being discovered or, or getting cast in the pilot in North Carolina in Wilmington and being on the show for three years and and you know being in almost every episode or close to every episode for about three years, you know at least sixty seventy five percent, and still you know being not a main character and then you know moving to LA and the film career and then this I mean I'm I had just walked off the set of Dollhouse I get the call that I need to test I'm in New York the next day I test uh the next day after that the next day after that I have the job and and less than two weeks later I live in New York I mean and then and then I lose the role for or not lose the role but then we decide to go a different direction with the role so then I go back to LA for three weeks and then I go back, and then after New Year's, I go back to New York to start playing Kyle, and then two months later, Kyle's gay. So it's been a <laughs> – my whole my, – my, like, there should be a new soap opera on television called Brett Claymore's Life. <laughs> it could be like Ryan's Hope, but it could be Brett's lack of hope. <laughs> it's been an adventure, to say the least, Brandon. I just look at it like I really respect the work that has been done before me. Um I believe, and I chose it from the moment I saw it. I was no matter what everybody was saying about Benjamin Button and things like that. I called Milk as the the Oscar winner so early because it was such a brilliant performance. Um, I've, I've um, I'm such a respect. I, I respect acting and the craft of 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 uh, of an actor so much, and the performances I've seen laid before me over the past few years. Sure. Um, inspired me that that this was the right choice, and that when you get, you know, so so rarely as an actor we get to we get to portray roles or or play roles or perform in a way that's socially relevant, and and I believe that there's something about that. For my, I mean, uh, there's there's another side of me that's very conscious of what's going on in the world, um, and and not so much the media, but just my perception of what's going on in the world and injustices and and things like that and I just believe that this was my this was a way that I was put here to to spread my voice to the world, you know? You know, support what I truly support. So I, I felt like that that weighed heavily on my decision and, and how how seriously I took this. Having to go home to North Carolina and tell your friends and family about this new character and about, you know, uh, playing a gay man on television, did that give you any kind of sense of of, of what it's like for gay men to come out in real life. I mean, did that did that give you a little bit of empathy for for what happens every day in this country? Yeah, I'm, and I'm and I'm not gonna and I'm not gonna take it. Uh, you know, I, I'm in no way gonna trivialize the 
practices that a, that a real gay man has. And in in his, uh, you know, in his coming to terms and, and comfortability with, you know, the process he's going through with his, you know, at, at every level of it. I absolutely mean to compare him. Um, but I, I know that I went through experiences in deciding to accept the role and to, and to play the role and commit to the role that I'm still say I could still say I'm going through. And, and even with things now I've done on screen that I never imagined, you know, as, as a straight man, I never imagined that I would do. But at the truth of it, you know, in the way I think my parents uh, see it and my friends and family and people that have known me is that, one, I'm playing a role, and two, my job, my 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 job I've chosen as my profession is to is to do everything as honestly and believable and truthfully as possible. And my truth is that Kyle, you know, Kyle loves Oliver. Kyle is a is a man searching for love, and it it happens to be from another man, and and that's a that's love in any form is beautiful. So and and I think that's what I'm happy a lot of the people around me see as 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 truly as I do, and I appreciate that support. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing about this is that you're all playing this storyline out with such, I don't know, such gut-wrenching authenticity, you know. I mean, you're playing out all the beats. You're not just sweeping it under the rug, and, you know, you're not playing token characters. You're playing real human people. I mean, I definitely believe that strong choices have been made by Scott and I, and we, we've discussed it many times and throughout the whole process um, throughout the whole journey and then as Nick has come on Nick has been a great addition and Nick is you know Nick has really seen what we're doing with it and he was really attentive and he's you know there's so many different ways you can play things and he just kind of fell into what we were doing and and you know I I, I appreciate all the work that's being done around me and I know every time I come to set Scott's going to be prepared and he's going to be ready and he's going to care about the work and I, I, I know that there are actors in the world that that do different work depending on what media they're working on. And, you know, there is such a thing as phoning it in, and Absolutely. actors do this all over. And with the, with how hard I've had to work for my career and how much work I've put into it, I mean, the two years I didn't work, I was in acting class every single week, you know, twice a week, as much as I could. I'm, I, I care. I, I watch films. I study. I I'm just very intellectual about it. I try to be at least, even though I'm in my personality, nobody would actually think that. Trust me, nobody that knows me would they, they think I'm lying right now. <laughs> but I, I, I probably watch three or four films a week. Um, um, I, I study as much as I can, and and I care about what I do. And I care that if I'm going to spend this much time with something, I'm going to try to be the best I can at it. And I think this is the greatest opportunity I've had in my career to show that, and it's really, really nice to see it received as well as it is because it makes it feel like my these this last eight years of my life have been worthwhile. I'm just drawn to good storytelling. I believe that's what you know. That's what art is. That's what um, any form of art. From I mean, New York. You gotta love New York. I went to a free opera in the park. Just walking through, riding my bike. There's an opera, full costumes. I mean, I got to see my first opera in New York City, and it's it's amazing. I don't know what they're saying. I have no idea. But but you're like, ooh, he does not like that guy. <laughs> you get it, and it's and it's storytelling on every level. You see a painting. You know that's why the Mona Lisa is so famous because she's not cute. 
she's not cute by any stretch of the imagination. I'd rather see a painting of Heidi Klum probably. But for some reason, I I see I know what she's doing. You know, I got you can read her mind through a painting. So that's you know that's uh. I, I, I'm, I'm drawn to anything that tells a good story. I can't wait to see where the wild things are. I've been looking for, I've been, I've shown a hundred people that trailer before it even came out on the TV. I'm so, uh, how do you turn, how do you turn a movie, um, or how do you turn a book into a film and the book only has 12 sentences? The book really literally only has 12 sentences. I'm, uh, Spike Jones is amazing. So, I long story short, I'm just rambling, but uh, or short story fun. long, I guess we should say <laughs> short story long. Um, I like any, I like anything that I mean, I I will see the worst movie and probably find something good in it because I like the the dialogue that was written, or maybe the actor gives a good performance, or maybe one of the supporting actors does, or maybe the the lighting's greater, or the maybe they shot it on 35 millimeter. I'm just a student and I try to study and find something positive in everything because there's something to learn there. As an actor who craves good, strong material to play, are you thrilled at how this story and this, this plot and this kind of situation affords you a much more interesting, much more fleshed-out character and backstory to act out? Yes, I, I do. Um, I do, and, and there's some, you know, there's some things that are hard, too, about, you know, being on a, on a soap opera. There's, there's so many characters. I and and this is hit with such, I mean, I, it, I I guess with so much attention instantly. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like there's sometimes that I'm really happy that we're fleshing out some things, and there's sometimes where I feel like we press fast forward a little bit. Um, it's it's the genre that I'm getting used to the 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 daytime genre. Um, I'm really uh, I'm really. I don't know. It's it's. I I don't know how to answer that really. It's it's kind of a. There's kind of there's kind of two sides to it. I mean, some days I'm really excited because some days we come in and there's some great scenes coming up. I mean, things that are things that are coming in the future. There's some really. I think we've we we have some really poignant moments to to homosexuals, heterosexuals, men, women. I mean, I, I believe there's a lot of truth in what we're doing right now. And so that I really am happy about. I just feel like sometimes we, you know, because we are still a supporting um, kind of arc storyline on the show. You know, we're, we're still young. We're still young characters. We we still are building a little bit of a, a fan base. And and uh, I just I just feel like sometimes you just wish that there was a little more we could dive into some of this. Yeah. And at the same time, you understand what the nature of it is and, and we just have to go with it. You know, I've never been ha happier as an actor than I am now between action and cut. You know, it's, I'm, I'm just having, I'm just really having a blast challenging myself every, every breath. Does that, does that surprise you that you could, that you could sit there and say that? No, because I'm not, I'm not what I look like on the outside. You know, I'm not, I'm not easily categorized into like, I, I, I actually, I, I love challenges. I love to do something that either somebody else thought I couldn't do or I thought I couldn't do. And, you know, that's every actor that becomes successful succeeded at that because every actor had somebody saying that no, there's no way you're going to make it. You know, you know how many people are trying to do that? Uh -huh. um, and then, you know, there's there's actors that that would have a lot of trouble doing what, what we're doing on screen.
and not just in my shoes, in Scott's shoes also. You know, there's a lot of actors that don't want the world to know their personal life. And he's not only letting his personal life out there, he's he's defending his personal life. You know, and, and he's showing, he's just, he's a spokesman for his, you know, for 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 his sexual preference. And I, and I really applaud him for that and being that brave. But, you know, I don't think it's just me that's, that's uh, making, you know, making strides and doing something wonderful. I, I, I feel like I'm involved with two other guys who are doing that also. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to make a difference in the world, and I'm really glad that I've been given this opportunity so so early in my career. Each time you get a script, tell me what goes through your mind as you start about constructing your performance. I mean, you know, the fact that you will probably only get one take with each script that you get, does that teach you to trust your gut instinct? That's what Scott and I right now, and the, the one take thing, we actually have messed up yesterday because we've been joking with ourselves because we just, we we kind of have taken a little bit of pride in this, and we broke our little streak. I think we were like, I think we were like 13 or something, scenes or little, you know, segments that we've done in a row, like off one uh-huh. take. We uh-huh. try to do as because we just, we love that. We It's something amazing about doing one take, and that goes on the air. The first time, and there's times, too, where we don't really even, we don't have, we, just the way the schedule works, we didn't get to rehearse, so we come on and we block it, and then we film it. So this is sometimes, like, the first time we're doing with blocking all the way through filming a scene, and it goes on the air. There's some, so it challenges you so much to just be prepared, and it's, and I think now with this storyline, I mean, I'm I'm very instinctual. I, I wouldn't say that of all the actors on the show that I, I'm doing the most studying the night before before I work. Um, that's, you know, there's there's so many different ways to prepare yourself for a role. I just, I feel like I, I know Kyle now. You know, I I know Kyle. I know, you know, and and I and I'm always prepared. I'm looking over. You know, I'm preparing the night before. And if there's moments that I have questions at, I'll kind of run through it and and I'll kind of try you. you now that we know so much history of these characters and we've been able to create so much of our own in our minds, um, I feel like it's I can actually go back and play through through memories that are Kyle's memories. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like I have memories in my head that are Kyle's memories, but I can picture these moments and how they sounded and words I've said before, and and you just start to you just start to understand how each thing that you hear from another character how that would make you feel. And and all you're doing as an actor is you're empathizing with another character. It's just a fictional character that you're playing, but you're empathizing. You're feeling every emotion they feel. And so when I'm on set, it, it I feel like I've gotten to a place in my in my acting, and I'm always trying to get better and better every day. But I feel like I'm in a place where I genuinely I just feel everything Kyle would feel. And so some of these performances, like Scott's, had a had some great performances lately that I haven't aired. I feel like I've done some work that I'm really proud of, and it's in these moments where you film it in one take, and and you you have one time to say it. And there was a time that we filmed something that we even just kind of we kind of rearranged some things as we were preparing for it. So it was kind of like the first time even the director had heard it, and you're tearing up, and you're you're just emo- you're so emotional and and full of this energy and then you're moving on to the next take and you, you hope it was good and you felt it. And then when it airs and you see it, you're so proud because you're like, a, 
I got you know you get one shot sometimes, and and uh, it's our we're, Scott and I really really take pride in the fact that we really are and respect each other enough that we try to be at the top of our game the first take every time, and and it gives us it's almost surprise because you hear the other actor what they're saying, you're you're hearing it for the first time just like the real person would. You know what fascinates me about about you and and in preparation of this, I went back on YouTube yesterday and watched kind of the the uh, the compendiums of your story to hear. You know what what fascinates me about about you and about the storyline is that it's very hard and damn near impossible to catch you acting. It's almost like you completely and you know what you're saying buttresses this. It's almost like you completely immerse yourself in world of Kyle. You know you you express. You express more gut-wrenching emotion with your eyes than most standard-issue soap punks do with entire reams of, of dialogue and verbiage. And, you know, you it's like you, you throw your entire body toward Kyle. It's like you completely submerge yourself in it. I, I, I appreciate that. I mean, I, we're, we're never going to be as good as we want to be, ever, ever. Um, <laughs> we're just I – don't, I don't care. I bet you Mark Twain was pissed off about something. <laughs> But but you're you you try your best to be to to kind of develop some ideals and develop some some uh, I, I don't know some the way you do things the way you the way you try to be as good as you can and to me I, I just believe Brett exists between cut and action and Kyle exists between action and cut and that and that you have to be able to turn it on and off and and be able to relate and be in that moment and nothing else exists and do you ever see uh that kevin costner movie for the love of the game uh no no you never there's other scenes where he when he's pitching that everything else fades away and he just kind of only sees the batter and the catcher and just him and it's like this huge crowd just kind of fades away okay it's not really like that <laughs> but but you like if you're filming you just all you're on a set and even though there's a hundred people around you Sometimes it just it fades away, and you just each word that the other actor saying just kind of is coming out slow motion, and you're just you're each each moment each moment feels like ten seconds, and I don't know it just feels that way to me. It just slows down, and it's it, I I really really am engaged. I don't and I it, I believe that also has to do with Scott too. Like you know we just we just connect in in the work. You know we're on the same page, but. It I, I it never feels like acting to me. There was a time, I mean, when I was on One Tree Hill, I was acting my my butt off. I was definitely acting my butt off because I was still like, I don't know what what's a close up. So I I mean, it was my it was my first big thing, and it was just kind of thrown onto the big stage. And you know, I tried to do what I could to give them what they wanted. And and I think my since moving to LA and studying, I just think my career has changed and I think my performances have changed and I now I now know what it's like for the you know when they say your body's your instrument as an actor I kind of feel like I understand that now like I feel like I can do I can do what I want to do I don't I don't have to try to do anything else it just it feels right how much input do you have into your character or, or to the story have you have you spoken with Ron or, or Frank about kind of what you'd like to see developed for Kyle or have you just kind of completely put your faith in them I don't have as much input as I would like. That's I think every actor would say that. You know, that's we we do our job. The writers sure. have their job, and and there's lots of reason things are being done. But as to the heart of the characters, I I trust them. You know, I I Frank is a great producer. I mean, he he really is. He's 
he's a producer who, you know, he gets the, the show moving the way it's supposed to. He's, he's firm, but likable. He cares about the work. He, you know, the, the episodes he directs, I, I just, I really feel like, um, I have somebody, I have somebody really guiding me through and, and not even, I mean, most of the times we, there's nothing needed, but every note he gives is, is really needed and necessary. He does, you know, I just believe he does a great job as a producer and he, and he makes me feel like I'm cared for. Like if there's anything I need, they, they take care of us. And, uh, and I appreciate that fully as just an actor feeling, just trying to be comfortable and our lives change so much from one job to one job to one job. And you're always in between jobs or it's just so hard to feel some sort of consistency and I, I think he helps provide that and Ron the writers just really you know they've written they've written the heart of the characters really well and so I for the most part I, we just trust them I mean we just come in and believe in the path they're laying for us if something pops up that you really do have an issue with do you feel comfortable in going to them and saying you know can we talk about this absolutely there's been quite a few times where we've had conversations and and the times that that, that maybe I've had to come to a different understanding. I, I realized that it was there were actually really valid points for these things. So there's never been a time where I, I needed something that I felt strongly about that wasn't that we could change and hasn't been met. You know, they've they've been really. I mean, I've been really happy. You know, I had I had your co-star Nicholas on my show a couple weeks ago, and I've reached out to Scott, so stay tuned on that. But in building your characterization for Kyle. Have you spoken with them at at any length about their real life experiences as out gay men? Not really, because Kyle hasn't had really any questions about being out. Um, he hasn't had he hasn't had to show any of his transition. So I, I looked at it like Kyle is just as comfortable being homosexual as as Brett is being heterosexual. Um, so there wasn't really wasn't really any need for. Uh, for personal campfire stories um between us but <laughs> but i i i i think it's interesting scott's performance that he he's had to go over the last few weeks with his coming out because his mother is so supportive of him and so loving and so wonderful that i think that had to be a a very interesting it's been a it's been a very interesting role for Scott to play to be a closeted you know gay man because I don't think he ever really was you know I I don't think he ever really had that really strong extended experience so you know that was that was interesting to watch was his performance of that almost as much a stretch as as mine not quite but <laughs> me, that boy that boy's a fabulous crier yes he's he's got plenty of tears in those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> to, to my eye, you've done a brilliant job of building two completely unique grooves and, I, I don't know, chemistries with your two co-stars, Nicholas and Scott. You know, with Scott, you're the confident one, and with Nick, you're a little bit more reserved and even a bit shy. And I'm wondering if that was if that was conveyed to you in the script along the way or if that was a conscious decision on your part to, to, to put Kyle in, in each of those places. No, it wasn't scripted that way at all. Um... I don't know. Maybe they do suggest things, and I just don't see them. But I feel like they give very little guidance in terms of uh, in terms of character uh, points. You know, I just kind of develop it on our own. Like everything's really the dialogue there, but you know, I can I can say a sentence a thousand different ways. So it's, absolutely, it's really on us to to make these choices. And I just you know I can relate to to experiences in my life and where you you're with somebody and they. This is this is a this is the trick. 
even people I've dated for a long extended amount of time, sometimes you begin a relationship with them and you're just coming out of somebody else, of something else, you're transitioning. So you're you're still torn in your heart, but you really want to be with this person, but you don't want them to know it. Okay, so try playing torn that you don't really want you, – you, you want – like you still love somebody else, you want to be with this person, but you don't want them to see it, but then the audience has to see it. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's that's been the trick. So I've been trying my best to, to, to show the the turmoil of what's going inside of Kyle, even though I can't let Nick see it, I need to let the audience see it. And I guess that's how it comes out. I mean it's definitely there's a there's a shyness there. I I believe it's more like a hesitation, more reserved. Maybe some of um Maybe some of Kyle's wonderful kind of charm and and life and energy is kind of subdued a little bit when he's with um, Nick because he's he's having to hold back so much. Maybe part of that one the wonderful side of Kyle has to be held back also. I think that's probably what it is. Kyle a little bit intimidated by Nick. Kyle could definitely be intimidated by Nick. I mean, Kyle's the like, hey, I'm. You know, I got no problems with my sexuality, but here comes a guy who doesn't just not have problems with it. He's uh-huh. he's got a megaphone <laughs> hung around his neck with a lanyard. It's like he has it on him at all times. So I don't know. I mean, that's like you know, is uh, uh I I wouldn't even know how to uh, how to say that. It's like uh, is is. Vince Vaughn intimidated by Will Ferrell, maybe a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's like, wow, he's louder than me. Um, I think there's less intimidation. I think there's just more pressure. You know, Nick Nick is very strongly motivated the things that he wants, and Kyle's one of the things that he wants. And when somebody wants something really bad and that thing is kind of hesitant, you know, it creates tension. And I just believe that that's, things can start happening really fast in Landview and and things change and transition very quickly. So I think I think Kyle's just more shell shocked than anything. <laughs> Are you amazed that there's a growing Kyle Nick contingent to go alongside the massive fan base that, that Kyle and Oliver claim? Uh, no, because not every relationship is Kyle and Oliver. You know, there's a lot of people that can relate to Nick and Kyle. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's it, people are gonna relate to the to the things that you know, that they, they find most in common with their life, I would think, and things that resonate with them because they've been there. And so there's there's definitely there's a there's a contingent that I'm sure is very proud of of two gay men that are proud to be out and proud of of you know, proud of their their life and I think that probably resonates with a lot of people just as equally as unrequited love. Considering where Kyle started on this show's canvas, are you at all amazed at how quickly your character has become someone the audience actively roots for to find happiness? No, um, I, I can't be completely surprised. I mean, I'm definitely surprised at the the response and the, and the support and the fanfare and just the, you know, how quickly we've just gained national coverage, you know, and we invested so much into it with our performances. I... I I'm trying to figure out the way to say it, and that's where all this silence comes in. I, I feel like I, I, I think that it's written that way. I mean, who who wouldn't see somebody that cares this deeply for someone, mm-hmm. and be, because of fear is being held back from what he truly wants, and his heart's broken over it. I mean, 
that that's almost written that way. I don't think there's any way not to feel, you know. Mm-hmm. And I just I'm just really happy that our performances were um honest enough that people really connected to that. You know, the great thing about it is that, you know, Oliver is a character that we've come to love because they brought him on very slowly and, you know, he's developed very slowly and, and so we were able to develop with him. And uh you know, I think the other the other smartest decision that the show made with regard to Kyle's transformation was pairing him off with Roxy because because Roxy was able to forgive him and find some good in his heart and because we love Roxy even though she schemes and makes bad decisions all over the place, we as the audience were able to forgive Kyle as well. And she's a tr- I mean she's a troubled soul and Kyle's been in the midst of soul troubling moments. So there there's definitely a connection there of like just lost broken hearts and whether or not she broke her own or or whether or not you I mean she she uh-huh. does do that. She's like a blonde Tasmanian devil sometimes, you know? <laughs> Kinda of sounds like that sometimes too. And you listen to what she says, those words, I'm like, That that's not a word, Roxy. <laughs> that's really cute, but it's not a word. <laughs> so she they 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 still can relate. And I think there's something maternal and something uh there's just a really strong bond between the two just because they they're not so lonely when they're together, even though, you know, they're just not so lonely when they're like, they're together. You know, I, I know we talked about this a little bit when you were when you were on the show back in June, but talk about working with Eileen. You know, she is so good at what she does, and it seems like everything she says just pops into her head. That's that often, yeah. you know, it almost seems like she's not even acting. It, it it becomes easy to take for granted sometimes that she really is acting because she's so damn good at what she does. She clicks it on and off, I'll tell you that. She's just a very good character actor. She really is. She's created something unique and refreshing on uh on daytime television and, and on television in general. I mean I really I really like working with her because she really she really does put a lot into it. You know, and she makes me step up every time I'm on set with her, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> How often does she stun you with something that she says that you weren't that you weren't expecting? Working with uh, Eileen is 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 like the best acting class ever because you really have to learn to to listen. You have to listen to these words because you're like, wait, that wait, is that what you were supposed to say? <laughs> but it but it works. It's great. She just knows the character. Who's who's gonna know a character better than somebody who's been playing it for years and years and years? She knows everything about that character. In the great soap tradition of the golden-hearted anti-hero, Kyle is no angel. I mean, we've seen him do some pretty despicable things, and, you know, it, 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 it's what makes him such a fascinating character. Are his bad boy tendencies ever going to reemerge? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I mean, he's definitely not a – he's not a he's not the good kid, you know. He's, he's, he's not Pleasantville by any stretch of the imagination. He's, <laughs> he's, he's got a lot of color in him. He's, I, I think he's – I don't know if he's really the the bad boy thing is not so much as yeah maybe the bad boy in terms of like every girl wants a bad boy I don't think he's evil or or bad in any way I mean he he tried he tried to help some people out and he just made wrong decisions you know I think Kyle's the type of person who lives his life with a lot of heart and he really tries to help people and and wants to do good um, but sometimes his his priorities and clarity uh, gets a little skewed. And so he thinks he's doing good, but he's really doing bad. <laughs> so um, I, I absolutely think there's some mischievousness um, in the future for Kyle. I just think he he's vocal and he's strong and he's independent, and he's he's willing to take some chances. And I think that's probably going to get him in trouble at some point. 
speak toward the soap process these days. You know, the, the general word is that making a soap right now is just a step or two above guerrilla filmmaking just because you have so much material to plow through and you have to move so fast and you have to be on your game at all times. What have you learned about yourself as an actor throughout the past 10 months working on this show? I've, I've definitely, you know, you, you learn to prepare better. You learn to have stronger choices and to expect less guidance and just to be to be kind of on top of your game on all levels because it really is up to you, you know. At the end of the day, we, we're standing on our own, and, and you know, there's still a, a great team, you know. We, we work with a great team, a great crew, great directors, things like that. But there's a lot more responsibility on the actor on daytime than there is on prime time or on films, and, and I think that's kind of overlooked by a lot of people. You know, what you see a lot of the times is that first take, and if, if you're not ready for that first take, what you see is not going to be what you wanted them to see. <laughs> so I, I think that's that's really, it's really made me work harder, and at the end of the day, I, I believe that that's why it's going to make me work better, and that's why you see so many actors come out of daytime, because they're, they're chiseled. You know, they're, they're, Mount, they're Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Given the tough material that you've had to act out during this storyline, what have you learned about yourself as a man? Have, have any of your opinions or stances changed as a result of, of playing this out? Nothing's really changed. It's just been reinforced and made stronger. We're trying to work out that I'm going to be in L.A. for the AIDS walk in October and trying to do you know some other things to kind of maybe become a little more active and supportive of what I'm portraying. You know, I, I believe that we live in a nation that over time has corrected its mistakes in terms of inequality from women's voting rights to uh, the Emancipation Proclamation and, and things of that nature. Well, this is, this is a, another moment of inequality in our country that we're a little behind on correcting. I believe in equality for all human beings. It's in our, you know, it's, it's in our uh, Constitution, you know, and it, it's at the very beginning of our Constitution. You know, uh, to be self-evident, all men are created. all men are created equal. All men. It doesn't say anything else, but all men. So we're. I mean, this is unconstitutional, and I believe in that. I really do, and it's just made me reinforce my ideals more, and it's made me take a stance. And I hope I'm standing strong. Do you have any thoughts on how revolutionary and how supremely, profoundly important? not only this storyline, but the show's apparent dedication to getting it accurate and right are to the gay community. I mean, you know, it's, it's enormously clear how passionate you all are uh, about playing out this relevant tale. And I'm just wondering if, 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 you, if you really understand how important this is to us. I do. I do, just because I, I, can, re I can relate to how important it would be for me. It's like... Whether or not I wanted to get married or not, I, I, I still believe as a human being I have that right to choose. And just not having the right to choose is, is, a, is a travesty. And, and, and being afraid to choose and being afraid to live your life the way you choose to live it because I'm absolutely an example of that. I mean, I got a degree in architecture, but my first job out of college was delivering pizzas. 
because I decided I wanted to be an actor. Whether or not I went to college for five years to be an architect, I wanted to be, you know, I I chose to live that life. And you should be proud to, to make choices in your life for what you want for your life. And I think it's it's sad right now that, that there are people in our in our country that don't have that right or are scared to make that choice. And so I, I absolutely understand and respect um how how important this is to a lot of people and because I know it would be just as important to me and I'm not the type of person to be quiet when it's something I believe in. If it's for me I'll 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 fight and make my voice heard to stand up for what is right for me. And I just kind of put myself in the shoes, and this is what I would do. I would stand up, you know, on the rooftops and and fight for my rights. And uh, I hope I'm contributing to that fight. Yeah. Do you feel an acute responsibility to present and to to represent something that transcends stereotype and cliche and caricature? In all walks of my life. You know, right now I'm working. I've been speaking with Ethan Zahn um, from Survivor. Uh, he's a soccer player. I'm a big soccer player. We're we're trying to put together an event in South Africa for the World Cup um, that uh, benefits uh, children in Africa affected by HIV or AIDS. And it's his organization, Grassroots Soccer, spreads spreads HIV and AIDS awareness through soccer in Africa because you're in a lot of nations that have, you know, 70 different languages. The one unifying language is soccer, is that soccer ball. So it uses soccer to spread AIDS awareness and things like that. I'm working with them to put together an event. I'm doing my best to, to do something positive on that side. You know, with the storyline, I'm trying my best. I believe it's my responsibility as a human being to to try to, to try to make the world a little better place than when you when you entered it. And this was just an amazing opportunity that I got to do it as an actor. But I'm trying my best to do it in all ways, you know, in, in all in, in as many ways as I can in my life. When Nick was on the show a couple weeks ago, I asked him his take on this, and I want yours as well. How does it feel to you that it's this show doing the storyline? I mean, I don't know what you know about about the show's history, but this was a show that made its name in the 70s, putting forth a canvas that was culturally and ethnically and and very socially diverse. And, you know, they had kind of gotten away from that over the last few years, and, and all of a sudden the human mosaic in all of its colors, is back full force in Landview. And I can't say that I know the the I know a lot about the history of the show. I know a lot about the history of the gay storyline as Ryan Felipe and the and the AIDS quilt. And I really mm-hmm. believe that we were we were following in good footsteps with what's already been laid before us. I, I think it's uh you know I I definitely am am proud that I'm on a show that supports the the diversity that you see when you leave the set that that we have, that we represent the same diversity on the set actors like uh Terrell and and Sean Tika I mean good lord we have we have beautiful beautiful cast and and we have a talented cast and it's and it's talented from every voice kind of feels a little more honest and a little more real than a lot of television if you think about it because it's not like you're peering into a box anymore. It's like that box could be a window and you're just looking out into the world, you know, because we're trying to represent so many different, I mean, we handicap and, and homosexuality and, you know, African-American and Hispanic and it's just, it's just wonderful. And that's respect to the, to the people above us, to Ron for writing it, to Frank for, for, for making these decisions and, and taking the story these directions. 
And you know, it, it shows great respect for the people who are at home watching. Yes, it really does. It's it's like this is what the world is. You know, whether you want to believe it or not, whether you support it or not, no matter how you see the world, this is the way the world is. And we're gonna and we're gonna tell that. It's a shame that it's a shame that Landview is more progressive than the United States. It's like, come on, <laughs> Obama, wake up. <laughs> Come on, I'm glad we put you there. Yeah, now let's change something. <laughs> change. <laughs> Could you have possibly fathomed when you took this on the level of fame and notoriety that you would end up achieving? I mean, you know, you are a YouTube sensation. You and Scott and Nick have entire message boards and blogs devoted to you and your characters and your storyline. I mean, could you have possibly fathomed the way this would unfold? It's almost sometimes like we don't know really what's going on outside of our world. You know, I I, I know that it's got notoriety. I know that it's gotten a lot of support, but I'm not really completely aware of how big it is. Maybe you know, and and I kind of like it better that way. You know, I go to I go to work, I, I film what I film, I, I put what I can into it, and then I go on with my everyday life. Like if you live in New York City, you'll catch me riding my bike by you. Probably once a week, no matter where you live, because that's all I do. <laughs> just, you know, I go out. I, 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 I kind of, I'm, you know, I'm not googling my name that much uh-huh. uh, <laughs> to find out what's going on. It just, you know, I, I really appreciate everybody that's supporting and and everybody that's following. But it's, it's not really surprising to me because I don't know if I'm completely aware. You know, the buzz online about this was, was deafening almost from the moment that it was announced. Um, I'm wondering if you guys were worried initially that, that there was no way you could live up to the hype, which surrounded the mere suggestion of this love story. I wouldn't be we much were... of an actor if I ever believed that. <laughs> um, I mean, you're definitely nervous, but we'd done so much work already before the before the story broke. It was We were a little upset at first because we wanted the audience to go on the journey with us, but we realized afterwards that all that all that enabled us was for more people to go on the journey with us. That was, uh, you know, it wasn't almost like, you know, can't live up to it. It was more that we were just so glad that so many people were were going to be able to to go on this on this you know journey with us. Yeah, we're excited about that. Looking back on what's happened to here, have you guys lived up to the hype? Jeez, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll find out when the Emmy nominations come. No, uh, <laughs> I, I hope so. I mean, I, we're looked at, you know, maybe we're looked at as like two young actors who are just fresh and new and like hope they can handle it. But you know, this isn't this isn't my my first barn dance. It's not it's not it's not Scott's first foray. I mean, talk about hype. I mean, it's great and all, but this isn't Fantastic Four. So I think he's probably seen a little bit of hype. <laughs> before in his life. I think he's probably a little ready for it. And the first season of One Tree Hill was kind of a crazy season because we thought, uh-huh. you know, we thought we might not make it every week. We we're like, ooh, we, we still around? And they're still around seven years later. So I don't feel any pressure at all that I need to live up to any hype. I don't even really hear the hype as much. I just, I know I'm doing good work and, and I'm trying to do my best work I can. And if there is any hype, we we have to believe that we're part of that hype. You know that if we weren't doing good work, there wouldn't be as much hype. And that's on all aspects. That's from the cameraman to the writing to everything. That we're all doing our job well enough 
that people support the the storyline. You know, there's not a lot of negative feedback out there that I've heard. I, I feel like it's all pretty positive, and so it makes you kind of feel like you're doing the right thing. You're making the right choices. You know, I don't mean this in a salacious way or even a snickering way, and I don't want it to sound as such, but, you know, everybody is curious about what it's like for you to kiss these two men. Mentally and emotionally, are you able to get yourself to an acting place where you just get so lost in those scenes that, you're, that you don't even think about it anymore, that it just comes naturally as an extension of the scenes and the relationship? It's not. It, I mean, definitely the first time it was, it was an experience. The, the first time with Scott, like, that definitely was, uh, it was, it was a lot of emotions, but that was with the, that was with the character, and that wasn't solely with Brett. That was with Kyle and Oliver, and the, there was a lot of emotions going on in that in that moment. Since then, there's been other moments that the other other kisses and other things like that, and it just it feels like just another part of the character now. You know, it, it doesn't. You know, I'm past the point where where this was this was a point of that that it was even a moment of thought in my head where it was like a a big deal, you know. It's Absolutely. it's it's a it's a it's a part of Kyle, you know. And if a kiss is the 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 way a person kisses and the, and what emotions happen when they kiss at a certain point, it it becomes like you know like tying your shoes. It's just a part of your nature, you know. And so it's not. I mean, I'm not gonna say like kissing Scott's like tying my shoes, <laughs> but it's not it's not something that I that that carries into my life outside of of one life to live, you know, it's kind of like something that, that happens. And then when I'm off set, I'm not really thinking about it. So uh, apart from who you work with in your character circle, are there any members of the one life cast whose work you just uh, respect? I mean, is there anyone in that cast that you would give your IPs to work with more? I think you like working with every actor more, you know, every actor is going to give you something different. And, and that's part of the fun of playing, you know, Michael Jordan, wouldn't say that he only, I mean, he definitely liked playing with Scottie Pippen for sure, but you like playing with a lot of different players because they do something uh-huh. different. Um, so I, I, I'd love to work with everybody more. I mean, I really, you know who I'm, I've been really impressed with lately is, is uh, Eddie Alderson. Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really, have, I mean, I've not really said that to anybody. I haven't said it to him. I I wanted to, but I've, I'm really impressed with where he's at as, at a young age as, I mean, he's just, he seems like an actor mature years beyond his age, you know, and I've really been impressed with what he's doing. I, I believe we have some really great actors and actresses on our show. I'm, I'm proud to be working. I mean, I, I'd love to work with Bree. I mean, that's, that's definitely a name I'd, I'd throw out there because I'd love to fight for that scene. <laughs> see, like, okay, bring it. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> I'd love to see. Uh, I'd love to work with Bree, but I, I don't know how much our storylines will cross. But <laughs> I think she's a great actress, and uh, and when I see her perform, and I see what she, you know, whether on set or on the air, and I see what she brings to every one of her scenes. God, I, I bet you we'd be two balling little babies if we got together. Because <laughs> if she started having tears in her eyes, I'd, I don't think I could watch without crying myself. I know I'm supposed to be happy, but you're crying. I can't stop crying because you're crying. <laughs> She'd be fun to work with. I love working with Bree. Anybody who can play three roles on the same show and, and make you believe it is is pretty fascinating. I swear to God, there's like five other characters in her, though. <laughs> There's somewhere in there. <laughs> no, she's she's a, I mean, she's a force of nature. She she absolutely is, and she, 
you know, she's she's got a powerful presence to her on set, you know, in in, in her character, I, I, you know, and it just it just ble- it just bleeds out of her. I think she does she does a great job, and you know, I, I think uh, she's gained a lot of respect from a lot of people for the performances she's putting in. You know, back when Kyle was having all his legal trouble back in the summer, you, you had some great scenes with Bob Wood. And uh, I don't know if you know his character history, but he started out on the show 30 years ago as the young, charming rogue also. And the subtext that he seemed to be playing with you was that he recognized a bit of himself in you. And I'm just wondering if you'd like to work with him more because, he's, he, you know, he's a mainstay on the show. I would give anything to work with Bob Wood more. I mean, anything. I... That that day that we worked together, he was so giving as an actor. And when you work with the patriarch, you know, I mean, now now the patriarch. I mean, not not forever, but now um, he's evolved as basically the patriarch of the show. And you get a chance to work with him, and he was so giving to me, um, giving in terms of like terms of the camera shots, you know. And 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 he wanted more attention on me, and and. Such a such a great actor, you know. It felt like we were on a film set that day we filmed, and he even said that in the in between shots. He's like, "It feels like we're filming a film right here." <laughs> I mean, it was great because we were just so loose and playing with each other, like playing in the in the in the scene. And it was, I really really would love a chance to work with Bob Boy. I, I respect him as a human being. I respect him as an actor, and I, I really feel like there's a lot that Brett Claywell, the actor, could could learn from working with Bob Woods. I'd, I'd love the chance. So hope it happens. Keep our fingers crossed. Come on, Kyle needs an uncle or something. I mean, come on. <laughs> Give us a sneak preview of where we're headed here. I mean, we know about the gay marriage boom that's about to explode in Landview. You know, I mean, I know you can't you can't spill everything, but you know, give us a little bit of a sense of of where we're headed here. If if you're enjoying the storyline, you're going to enjoy it even more. That's that's all I can really say. It's I mean, it's just getting better and better on our side from filming it, so I could only imagine what it's going to be like watching it. Um, I just, I, I, I fully believe that the times that Nick and and Oliver and and Kyle are on screen together, that dynamic things are going to be happening, and uh, and the audience is definitely going to be pleased and intrigued. You know, happiness and peace between a couple is often the kiss of death on a soap. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering if, if knowing that you're all for stretching the story out and delaying the gratification of seeing Kyle and Oliver finally pull it together as long as possible. I don't think anything's ever going to be smooth between between these two. I mean, there's when, when you bring two people together that have a past, well, inevitably that past always begins to, to rear its head. So uh, it, it, never, it never stays down for long. <laughs> You know, I, I don't believe that they're ever going to be, you know, that Nick and Kyle or Kyle and Oliver or Nick and Oliver, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> I might just get dumped. But uh, you, you never know what's going to happen. And and, and I, I just believe all things are possible. Every day, all things are possible. Lots of people on the board are speculating that the guppy, which is Stacy's baby with fish, is going to become a major story point as we move toward next spring. And some are convinced that you're even going to end up having to deliver the baby for whatever dramatic reason and then agonize over over whether or not to keep the secret. And I'm wondering if you know where that's headed and, and if there's anything you can share on that front. There's some creative people out there. Those, those, uh, <laughs> that, sounds like some, that sounds like a great idea. 
<laughs> Let me tell you something. You, you have some rabid fans, sir. <laughs> oh, that, that's a great idea. I'd love to deliver a baby. That'd be great. <laughs> I I can't really speak about what's so far down the line. I mean, I definitely think that that's a great little time bomb waiting to go off is what's going to happen with that baby. That's a great little surprise they have waiting in there. So uh, I'm I'm curious as to where it goes. I, you know, there, there's there's a lot of ways Kyle could be involved in that and and his history with Stacy and Nick too and his history with Stacy and his you know history with Oliver. I believe that there's a lot that could happen and um, that 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 sounds like an interesting uh sounds like an interesting story idea. Maybe I'm gonna take that one into the office. <laughs> hey guys, let me let me tell you what I came up with. <laughs> Since I'm pre taping this for, for airing next week, uh I posted on the Kish message board, which is a it's a message board that's dedicated solely to Kish and Kanish and you Scott and Nick. And uh I solicited some fan questions so that people listening to this could participate too and and most of the questions okay. i already worked into the conversation already but you know i got about 15 or 20 personal emails and about that many replies to the post and the two most popular questions were the first one was about kissing which we covered and the second one was about your immense love of soccer many people want to know what your favorite european soccer team is did you ever want to play professionally would you trade places with david beckham in a hot second if you could Talk about I play soccer uh, between three and four times a week usually um, in New York. I play on two different teams, um, and I help out with a third. I, I've played soccer my whole life. I, I played club soccer and actually wrote the constitution for the club soccer team at NC State. And I played in Italy and Greece when I was in high school. I played with a traveling team that we went overseas and played in a tournament in uh, Como, Italy, and in Athens. I've, I would trade places with David Beckham in a hot millisecond. I mean, I, I'd give anything to play for, you know, Real Madrid or AC Milan or, you know, wow. the Manchester United where he's been. I mean, he's, it's I've, I, I love soccer. There's something about it. And I'm, I feel like it's like, oh, I wish I was as good as I was, you know, I wish I was as good now as I was. Or I wish I was as good then as I am now. Like, I wish I could have played more when I was younger, but it's a, it's a, it's a sport I have a, an immense love for. I went to the World Cup when it was in the United States, and I have wow. every intention, as I've already said, of going to South Africa in 2010 <laughs> next summer, uh, trying to put together a charity event, and, um, you know, it's it's going to be the biggest event in the history of the continent. I mean, without a doubt, hands down, that's my belief. There's never been a bigger moment in the history of the African continent than the World Cup. I mean, it's the largest sporting event in the world. It's the most globally watched. It's it's uh, it's a beautiful game, and I um, I grew up a Juventus fan back in the day. That's a team in um, team in Italy, Syria. Most people probably don't know a lot about what I'm going to talk about their soccer, but played in college at NC State. I played club. I, I tried to walk on my freshman year, but I was doing architecture, and it was just too much to do. And I still play a lot. And anybody, if there's Ever a charity soccer game anywhere? I'd I'd be willing to get on the plane and come play. Any 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 any, any semi pro teams want to do celebrity charity soccer games? I'm I'm willing. Why doesn't America really seem to understand soccer? I mean, they don't. It seems like this country is interested in football and basketball, and and soccer just kind of gets pushed to the side, even though there are professional teams here. Television has ruined soccer's chances in America, and and that's amazing because it's a. Uh, because you got baseball on, te- on television, that's amazing that people watch that. But um, it's it's because it's I mean you you have 
that people are all about, you know, the 30 second commercial and the, and, you know, and then, and, and dunks and they can't appreciate the beauty of what, you know, you now ESPN finally starting to catch up and I'm so glad they're starting to show Champions League games and premiership, you know, they just started showing the Premier League this year and, and the, uh, and the Spanish, uh, what is it, a Super League or something, the Spanish First Division. And they're showing these, you know, these high-level soccer players where people can't appreciate because they've never touched the soccer ball themselves. But when you've played soccer and you've touched and you've played at high levels and you see somebody send a ball 60 yards across the field and that person catches it on the top of his foot and then just the amount of skill that it takes to do each of these little minute things on the field is what Europeans can appreciate because they've tried that. Not only skill, but pure athletic ability. Pure, and these guys aren't, soccer players aren't, you know, your middle school soccer team where the, the, the tallest guy, you know, like, they're all small kids. These are like professional athletes built like Kobe Bryant and, you know, Benzema, the, the striker for Real Madrid. He's like, some like 6'4", like 210. You know, two, he's a big boy. Like, he, he, mm-hmm. If he puts on pads, he'll knock you out. <laughs> you know, he's and they're dirty and they're mean. And I, we put when we played against Brazil when I was 17, the little kid uh, coming up behind me was kept kicking me in my Achilles. By the end of the game, both backs of my Achilles were bleeding because when the ball would go the other direction, he'd run up behind me when the referee's looking the other way and he'd just kick me. And I like it's it's a dirty game. It's it's a man's game, and you know people have this belief because soccer, you you see all these little kids running around a, a you know, running around a, a little field like all in a little bunch kicking a little soccer ball. Yeah, that's that's a kid's game. But when you see men play soccer, it's it's bloody, it's it's painful, and it's you know we had a game uh, two nights ago that we ended up, but there, there's some guys. You, you, all you're wearing is a little thing of shin pa- shin guards on your shins. That's the only thing you have protecting you. You're, you know, I'm getting kicked in the ankles. I've been kicked in the face. I've been, I mean, I've I've been caught on the kneecap so many times. I can't tell you. It's, it's a man's game, and I just I really love the beauty of it. It's just it just flows, and you you watch a game, and at all times for an entire game, 90 minutes, all 22 people basically in the field are constantly moving. It flows. It's like water. The game just kind of flows. The ball moves up. Everybody kind of pushes up. The ball comes back or goes to the left. It just kind of flows, and it's it's a beautiful game to watch. How many guys at the studio have you converted into into soccer fans? None. I I, I keep I keep my personal life outside of it. I'm I'm. They're they're not gonna. Be, I mean, to to be as to be as into soccer as I am, you have to be foreign. I mean, there's not gonna be many guys that like. I mean, I love football. I love every sport, but. I understand that my soccer, like that's how I met Ethan Zahn, um, play soccer with him in New York and played there's, there's, there's a good group of guys here that I play soccer with that are, that are good enough. I don't have to, I don't have to include any of the boys from work. <laughs> so I was told to ask you about playing God Daddy to the spawn of Satan. What the hell is that? Oh wow. That's gotten a little bit of life of its own on, uh, on YouTube. <laughs> It's uh it's a little thing I did with a friend named Anthony Falcone. He's uh he has an online web series uh called the Anthony Falcone Show and he's a friend of mine in uh, uh LA and he asked me to do it and I showed up and he had the the, the sides and the the scene and we just kind of played that day and he shot it himself. It was just the two of us and we just had a lot of fun and had no idea it was going to catch life on on YouTube, but 
it's ended up on my Facebook. It's ended up all over the place, and I guess it's pretty funny. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess people think it's funny. I've, you know, most of what I've done in my career has been comedy. Um, this is kind of like my, my first really. I mean, besides the final season, the baseball movie I did. Most, you know, One Tree Hill, I was comedic, and you know, the film I did with Haley Duff, and a lot of stuff I've done is is comedic. So I kind of. I got I kind of got to play and just kind of improv a lot. Most of the stuff I do in there is kind of improv, you know, just making up lines and and I, I had a lot of fun with it and it's kind of <laughs> ended up on the internet. So I'm I'm glad we we'll like it and it was fun and uh, I really think Anthony's a, an up and coming director and it was fun working with him. You know, coming from a smallish town in North Carolina, has the New York City grind been a bit of a culture shock for you? How are you cottoning to that? Not at all. I'm a, I'm a big city boy and a from a small you know small town past. So I I love it here. You know I you know just like I said I jump out ride my bike around every day. I can you know I just I move at a fast pace. You know when I actually get off my couch. <laughs> so it's it's been a lot of fun. I love New York. I I mean I'm just head over heels in love with New York. I I love it. I wish you know I wish I hadn't had to move completely across the country from you know, everybody that I'd established friendships with, you know, definitely some sacrifices were made. But when I look back on my life, living in New York was always one of my dreams. And it's amazing that I got to live in New York as a working actor. That's just a rarity that not many of us get to experience. And it's been a, been a pleasure, definitely. How often do you get recognized when you're out riding your bike or, you know, just out in, out in public, out on the street? Do you live a pretty anonymous I, life? or, or I think I live a pretty anonymous life. Um, it, it happens... Because I don't really, you know, I wear hats a lot, and I ride my bike around with, you know, shades on, and and I I, I don't think it's that that many people even know that I exist. I mean, it's it's great that it just doesn't feel that way, you know. And I think that probably happens to everybody that there's one day you're just like, wow, okay, people know who I am, you know. But even if people don't ask, even if people you know notice and say something, you still never really get it. You're like, okay, well, there's one of my ten fans. Like, never thought I'd run into you. (laughs) So you're the one that's been watching. I, you know, you never, you never really take it like a big deal. And I, to to get recognized in public is kind of like a catch twenty two. It means that you, you've done work that people recognize and, and have interest in you. And and but it's also like a, a steady, you know, steady loss of just your your privacy and and your your anonymity. So. Um, I've, I've been recognized a, a, a little bit in my career, but not enough to think that I'm doing anything special. And I definitely still am, am privileged to be able to just walk around and be normal because I'm very afraid of that moment when, what's his name, uh, Robert Pattinson. I mean, that's just scary. Sure. He could walk through Times Square, the whole thing would shut down. So it's just, that's a scary thought. And, you know, the funny thing is that that was an overnight thing for him. I mean, it was just instant. Exactly, and and like I said, I have friends all over that are doing things, and it seems like I have friends working on all aspects of the business now. You know, from Glee to to Vampire Diaries, to Twilight, to 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 True Blood. I mean, it feels like I have to watch TV every hour just to <laughs> catch a friend's performance. But and I'm sure with each of those friends, I mean, imagine Glee. Like there was a moment where it went from nobody knows you to everybody knows you. Absolutely. Or or with Twilight the same way. So these friends, I mean, I, I just it's a moment in every actor's career that you don't wish for, but 
there's there's a certain level of success that's required to get there. So yeah, I, I still feel rather anonymous. You know, I I feel like you know I, I feel like the peak is a long way off, and I'm doing my best to speed that process up and get there because I'm you know I, I I just feel like I'm moving in a positive direction, and one day that may I may not have the same answer, but right now I feel pretty anonymous, and I really I mean I had two fake Facebook pages. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. That's not. That's where the anonymous kind of like went. I had two fake fan Facebook pages, and I didn't even have one myself. I was like, well, there's two other people out there named Brett Claywell with my that look just like me. Yeah. That I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Why are you gonna pretend to be me? Like, I, I'm. You don't want to be me. It's not cool. Yeah. I'm just. I'm glad. I'm glad it's not. I'm glad it's not happening yet. But what's funny is when you were on the show back in June, you were talking about taking this acting class and everybody that you mentioned being in class with has gone on to, to huge fame and they're starring on hit series and in smash movies. I mean, it's, it's really funny that, that this, this group of actors taking this class could all explode like this. And yeah. And just, and, and all, we were all in pretty much relative, you know, pretty relative obscurity up until a, a certain point. So, uh, and up until recently, and now it's, it, it just happens. I mean, it, it's just, Success is uh is potential or success is preparation meets opportunity, you know. So we're in class preparing, 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 and then the moment it happens, it's just crazy. Do you find with your newfound fame that you really have to know who your friends are now? It's more like with newfound fame, you start to realize who your friends are, just because certain things start happening with certain people, and certain people start, you know, you just they're, they're the things that start occurring start kind of showing what's really important to to different people it's definitely whittled down a little bit you know my circle which is probably a good thing and you, you start to kind of closely watch the people around you because that's the only thing that protects you are the people that you have around you you know you mentioned the the fake facebook pages but now you have an official brett claywell fan page uh tell us about it and how to find it yes i recently started a uh an official fan page i just realized that um you know, there there was a lot of people that that wanted to support my work and were and were wanting to be friends. So I, I we started a page um, a few days ago. It's on Facebook under Brett Claywell. Um, you can just type in Brett Claywell and find it. It's got a nice little uh, picture from the Emmys, I guess, as the picture. And it's it's uh, open for anybody that wants to come and and comment. You know, leave a leave a remark about the work. Um, anything that that you care to care to mention and and I'm on here I'm going to try to be on here as regularly as possible and kind of update what's going on in my life. I actually just finalized the contracts today that I'm going to be going back to Los Angeles uh in a week and a half to film a primetime show. I'm not sure if I can mention which primetime show it is yet, but Brett Claywell will be on primetime television soon. Yes, I'll be I'll be going back to my route and hopefully I can continue to do, you know, interspersed work elsewhere with the work I'm doing now. So I'll I'll make sure to, to post on the on the Facebook page what show it is and I'll try to you know, try to keep updates of, of pictures of things uh we're doing things I'm doing and places I'm I'm going and just a little little piece of my life that I can share. Well this show is gonna play on Tuesday night and after it is posted I will put this on your fan page so that people can listen to it directly from your fan page instead of having to try to go to different pages and try to find me. So That'd be great. That's that's great. I really appreciate that. that that's going to be awesome. Awesome addition to the page.
you know, people still talk about your appearance in Dollhouse, and, and One Tree Hill is still chugging along, beating the odds after seven years. Um, uh, what's on the horizon for Brett Claywell beyond, you know, what you've already what you've already spoken about? What's what's coming down the pike for you? Well, I think there's a good chance I'm going to revisit one of those sets soon, and there's some conversations about films. Um, I'm actually uh, trying to produce on the side, and there's a show that I've I've taken out the pitch with a few different people, and there's interest. I think the development that looks the closest that people are going to be surprised about is there's probably going to be an announcement soon that uh, that Breckley was a producer. So let's keep our fingers crossed, and I think it's going to be actually a show that that a lot of my fans and, and a lot of the people that are, you know, tuning into this storyline actually are going to like it. It's a, it's a show that revolves around uh, love and, and, find, and finding true love. So I really believe it's going to be a good show and uh, there's a lot of interest out there right now. So Brett Claywell is a producer. That's our next phone call. <laughs> <laughs> well, is, is, that, is that ultimately where you want to head or, or do you want to try to juggle both? I, I want to try to juggle both. I mean, I, I really believe that, you know, like I, I actually, I should post them on here. I should do my, uh, I didn't put my paintings up yet, but I, I just recently painted my sister's nursery. Oh, wow. Um, I did a huge mural on two different walls. I'm a new uncle. As of today is the three-week anniversary of my new nephew, Sean Doyle Murphy. I went home to North Carolina and and saw my new nephew, and I painted two murals for the the walls of his bedroom, of his nursery, and I'm going to go back and keep working on them. But uh, anything, you know, involved in the arts, you know, I love love, uh, drawing and, you know, I love painting and I love... I love acting, but I also would love to be on the producer side and, and control things, and I'd love to, you know, direct and just anything artistic. So I'm going to try to keep my hands in as many different pots as possible. <laughs> Hopefully, a few of those are some le- leprechaun pots of gold, so I can pay my, so I can change rent into into mortgage. That'd be nice at some point in my life. Listen, my partner and I just bought a house back in July, so I completely understand. It's it's a whole. Oh, congratulations world. to you! Now you're keeping your money instead of giving it away. <laughs> Well, every every I think every actor's rich. The, the only time any well, at least in my career, the only time I've ever been wealthy is when I signed the contract. Because by the time I end up getting that money with with rent and Uncle Sam and agents and managers and lawyers, I'm like, yep. yeah, I'm I'm broke. <laughs> How'd that happen? I'm glad the work is rich because I'm not. <laughs> You know, speaking of the arts, there's some great photography on your Facebook fan page. Did you did you take these pictures, these black and white pictures? Yes, I like like I said, everything artistic I try to endeavor in. So uh, I've I really um, took a lot of I do a lot of black and white photography. I try to do as much as I can, and there's a little color interspersed in there. I have a little Canon Rebel that I bought a few years ago, and I've just you know just to get to know my city. I ride around with my bike sometimes and. And find places, and my, with my architecture studies, like the the Getty Museum and the Chrysler Building, and uh, and different places, I kind of know history of the city a little bit better. So I, I've, I like to ride around and just take pictures and introduce myself to the city. Well, I tell you what, I, I noticed that they finally put you in the opening credits at One Life, so you, you know you you must be becoming a fixture around Landview. So hopefully you'll be in the big city a while. I I, I hope so. I, I hope. Uh, yeah, might might move to might move to Brooklyn soon just to just to save some money on that rent. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you're welcome here anytime to discuss anything. I don't care what's on your mind. Before I let you go, could I get you to do a promo for my show? Absolutely, absolutely. 
as long as it includes the words Brett Claywell and Brandon's Buzz, anything else you say is totally up to you. Uh, and it's, this is just like uh, you, you're listening to or thanks for listening or just yeah, you're yeah, listening yeah. to it? Right? Yeah, it's a little promo shot. Okay. Hey, guys, this is Brett Claywell from uh, One Life to Live, and you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. <laughs> well, no, I'm going to do it. I don't want to do one with One Life to Live on there because you never know. We'll do we'll do one just 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 normal. Hey guys, this is Brett Claywell, and uh, you're listening to Brandon's Buzz. Fantastic! Thank you so 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 much. Absolutely, it was it was a it was a fun time, and uh, we'll we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much, Brandon. You take care. You too. The phenomenal Brett Claywell, everybody, on Brandon's Buzz. Brandon's Buzz in the can for October sixth, two thousand nine. As I said at the top of the show, come back later in the month for Jessica Tuck, for Susie Bogus. For all kinds of great guests, I've got a couple of more uh, confirmed yeses that don't have firm dates yet, so just stay tuned to blogtalkradio.com slash brandonsbuzz and brandonsbuzz.com for all information on what's been on the show, what is on the show, and what's coming on the show. You can also find me at iTunes. I'm on iTunes, guys. Just type in Brandon's Buzz in the iTunes Music Source search box, scroll down to the podcast section, click on my logo. From there, you can download individual old episodes as podcasts, or you can subscribe to the show and have uh, new episodes automatically download to your library the minute they're uploaded to the music store. So uh, I'm all over the Internet, just like Brett Claywell. I'm all over the Internet. There's no excuse not to be able to find me. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on iTunes. I'm on my blog. I'm on Blog Talk Radio. Just do what Brandon's buzz, and something will pop up that points you in my direction. And uh, I, I appreciate you, you coming in my direction. I appreciate you finding me and listening to me. And uh, I, I just can't tell you, I hope you continue listening to me and listening to Brandon's Buzz. Hi, this is Brenda Russell, and there is definitely a buzz happening. Brandon's Buzz. I just had the most fun in the world doing Brandon's Buzz. This is Louise Schaefer. It's a fabulous podcast, and it's a great, great way to spend some time. Brandon is the best. Hey, hey, this is Mia Peoples, and you are checking out Brandon's Buzz right now. Hey, everybody, this is Beth Maitland. You probably know me best from my role as Tracy Abbott on The Young and the Restless, and I'm talking to you about Brandon's Buzz. Come on, you got to find him. Hi, this is Gordon Thompson speaking, and I want to tell you that I have appeared on Brandon's Buzz, and I had a great time, and I think you will too, so please log on. And have a Merci à vous tous. Écoutez Brandon Buzz sur Blood Talk Radio. Bonsoir et à très bientôt. <laughs>